Welcome to Monthly Mileage Talks. On today's episode, we have the legendary six-star finisher, Cheryl Donald, a.k.a. Black Pearl Runs. Tune in as she shares her stories behind running, mindset, and nutrition. This is a good one, y'all. Enjoy. Peace. Welcome to Monthly Mileage Talks, people. I got the one and only... Man, this is like someone dropped like some drum emojis in the comments. Can you even see the comments? I can't. <laughs> you you can't really? Oh, well, there's rolling folks. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I have the one and only on this monthly mileage talk. I got Cheryl Donald, aka Miss Black Pearl Runs. What up? Hey, hey, hey. Talk to me. Uh, thanks for joining me. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Thank you for those. I don't know what some of you do Sunday evenings around this time, but uh, thank you for joining us this evening. Um, Let's get to it. Cheryl, I ask everybody this. Black Pearl Runs, how'd you come up with this social media handle? Oh, that's easy. That's easy. So I'm a member of the illustrious Devastating Divas of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Uh, heard you. Way, way back in 1995 at the University of Mississippi, ooh, to the Southern Soul Wars. And um, that was my line name. So we were the eight enticing shades of Delta, and I was number three, Black Pearl. So um, all my line sisters call me by my line name. All my friends from college call me by my line name. Uh, and I started running because of one of my Soul Wars. And uh, there it goes. Black Pearl runs. Easy. Wow. Yeah. That's that's phenomenal. Man, yeah. I'm supposed to, is this the part I'm supposed to say trunks up? I know y'all love elephants. Well, you know, you got it right. You got it right, trunks. <laughs> uh, awesome, awesome. So let's get into your, hotel, your hometown. Where are you originally from? Uh, such a loaded question. Um, I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, I know you all can't tell by my accent. Uh, but I'm the daughter of a retired two-star general in the Army. Uh, so my father uh, was an infantry, and I was born on a military base and moved every three to four years of my life. So I'm an Army brat. And uh, But my mom and my father are both from Jackson, Mississippi, right around the corner from uh, where Mega Evers lived and was murdered in Jackson in the 60s. And uh, my uncle was the second to integrate the University of Mississippi after James Meredith. So we have a huge uh, history of civil rights in, in Jackson. So that's always home for me. But I've been in Man. New York 26 years or something like that. You know, that was my follow-up question. Where are you currently living? Brooklyn, baby. Man, you have Brooklyn energy. Easy. I could feel it through the, the IG live. Easy, easy, Man. easy. Yeah. <laughs> Love it, love it. Um, so we're jumping straight into running. I mean, you kind of started it. What got you into running? Who's this line sister? Tell us. Um, Introduce us. Who, who is this person? On this uh, uh, IG Live. So actually, it wasn't one of my uh, line sisters. It was a sore war here in New York that I met when I came to New York. And um, I was going through, you know, a typical breakup situation happening back in uh, 2014. And she was running the Brooklyn Half Marathon. And those were the days where you could like register for the Brooklyn half, like right up for when the race was happening. Um, So she was like, you should uh, run the Brooklyn half with me. I was like, no, thank you. I run on the treadmill to stay in shape. And that's all I do. Uh, 13.1 miles is not an interest to me. Uh, But I Googled like marathon training plans and I found one online and I was like, oh, I can follow directions. It'll give me something to do, distract me from all the drama that was happening in my life at the time. Um, And so I started training and then she called me and said, yeah, I can't run the race because I have to go to a wedding in Bermuda. So I'm not going to be there. Exactly. That's exactly what (laughs) you got me marathon. You're not going to show up. Uh, So I had uh, I called in the troops, called my solar wars. I said, who's going to run with me? Um, And also called in some of my friends and one of my friends, James Ravenel, who many of you know, with Black Runners Connection, uh, he was a. Uh, he is a cyclist, but yeah. that's all he did was cycle. Yes. Why don't you come do this with me? Um, and, you know, 
he's a friend and he was like, all right, Sans, I'll do it with you. So uh, he calls me Sans because we both pledged in 1995. And uh, he ran the race with me. Another soror, Alexandra, ran the race with me and a couple of other friends. And then of course, uh, Sabine, who's my road dog, soror, big sister, <laughs> pledged here in Brooklyn. And uh, Sabine is with me all the time. She was with me in Tokyo. Um, she awesome. ran the race. So I pulled everybody with me and we all ran the Brooklyn half and the rest is history. Man, that, that is that is phenomenal. Yep. Do you actually like remember like when you actually like first first just came in contact with just running in general? Well, I've always run just to stay in shape. Uh, you know, my father, like I said, was infantry. So every morning at 5 a.m. he was out running with the troops, literally. Um, <laughs> and that we lived on, I don't know if any of you are military folks, but you know that at 5 a.m. the cannon goes off on the base and it literally, <laughs> the cannon. Um, and so if you're close enough to where it's going off, it, it does wake you up every morning. So I'm still to this day an early riser. So if anyone follows my runs, they know that I'm running between 5.30 and 6.30 in the morning. Um, so running's always been around. My father always ran. Um, I was on the track team in high school, but I was on the field side. So I was the shot put and discus person. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't run any of the uh, events in track. Uh, so this is like all kinds of irony that I run this much. But yeah, so I've been around it. Wow, that's amazing. So when did you first come in contact with the New York City urban running community? Good question. Um, so I ran my first organized race um, in Bed-Stuy, of course. It was the Bed-Stuy Turkey Trot. Um, I think that was 2013 and it was around Von Keene Park. Um, oh, and nice. there were some ladies there from Black Girls Run, uh, Black Men Run were there, and my soror, uh, Tremaine Wright, at that time she was um, a state assemblywoman. And so she was sponsoring the Turkey Trot. Um, so that's when I first started seeing like groups associated with runners. Um, and then once we got into uh, training for the Brooklyn Half, and I finished that one in under two hours, so I was like, oh, maybe this could be something that I want to do. So I got all those friends who ran with me to do the um, Five Boroughs series. So we were like, oh, let's just do all five boroughs. Um, and so I first started running with Lean Strong Fast with Marlon, and Marlon yeah. was training me. And um, then I found Nike and started running uh doing the track work with nike and um did all of that stuff with uh moonshot and <laughs> when oh, i was running with lean strong fast and running with nike and um then when nike stopped doing the organized runs uh steve was like you should come run with Brooklyn track club and i said absolutely not uh, <laughs> i don't run that fast i don't think so um, he's like, you'll just come out and, you know, so I was way back in the days I was running on the track. It was like me and a few other people and, you know, Tim Rossi and Leanne and all of them were like circling around me. Uh, I literally felt like I was standing still on the track. Uh, but that's how I got connected with uh, Brooklyn Track Club. And then, you know, the rest is history. You know, once you get in it, everybody absorbs you. Oh, yeah. I, I float around. So you may see me running uh, with different folks. I've run with Team Weppa in Queens. Um, yeah. I've run with Down Brock's runners. I love running with them. I've run with uh, Old Man Run Club on a regular basis. Of course, Define, yeah. I run on a regular basis. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving clubs out. I've run pretty much. <laughs> Ed, uh, we got time tonight. It'll pop up. They'll get their shout yeah. out. <laughs> so. So this is this is one of my my favorite questions. What do you enjoy about running? I love everything about running except for training, right? And I do so much of it. Um, it really just kind of mellows me out a bit. Um, I have a very stressful uh, professional life, and um, running really kind of sets the tone for me every single day. Um, and I always tell my staff, I have uh, folks in two cities who report to me and I always tell them, make sure that I run in the morning because it's like the Incredible Hulk. You won't like me if I haven't run <laughs> before work, right? Oh, they, oh, they know. 
Um, so I think it really just kind of sets the tone for my day. It releases stress for me. Um, I love the community that I found running. Um, you and I wouldn't have never met had I not been in these streets. That is, that is a thing. Yes. So, you know, it was practical to get me over a drama in my life. And then it became integral to helping manage things in my life. And now it's just the community and the love and, and so many people that I've met throughout the city. It's just, it's great. Oh, oh man, this is, <laughs> you know, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to ask this because I don't want to forget because there are, there are people that did send some questions in. Oh, okay. So someone okay. asked, how has running helped you professionally? Because you spoke about how your work day, if you go into work and folks know you haven't ran, I mean, we could get some highs and lows from Cheryl. So how yeah. has running helped you professionally? Yeah, so um, I work full time for the federal government. Um, and so working with the government structure, especially during, you know, that prior uh, presidency, um, it's very, very stressful. So I think what it's done is running. I've always been a disciplined person, right? I mean, my father. Um, so I've always been disciplined. Yeah. But I, running helps keep things in perspective. Um, you know that you're always running your own race, even if you're around, you know, a lot of people who may be running faster or slower, um, everyone's working just as hard. Um, and I think that's a good perspective to have when I'm working with my staff, um, when I'm working with colleagues, uh, when I'm working with my bosses in DC. Um, so that really does help. Um, and then I also have a private practice, you know, in my spare time. Uh, so I run a business, um, I'm a psychotherapist. And so I have two other therapists who work for me. So also um, trying to balance that and keeping them even killed. I think it's a great example to, to show that you can have something outside of work and that we work to live. We don't live to work. Um, so find something. Ooh, I love that. Oh, one. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah mantra. We you just burnt. Gems. I hope you're taking notes. Come on. These things are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I hear you, man. So what I mean, I know, so you're referring to Brooklyn MFT, right? Yes, yes. So so uh, just expand on that. What is Brooklyn MFT? It's your baby. It's you're the founder yeah. for someone that's tuned in. Um, what is Brooklyn MFT? Yeah, I laugh because people don't realize I have a day job. And I tell people I work for the feds, they're like, what? Um, so she Brooklyn works for the feds. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so Brooklyn. Brooklyn Marriage and Family Therapy is my private practice. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And so um, when I finished graduate school, I went to grad school out on Long Island. Shout out to Hofstra, Long Island, uh, in Hempstead. We were not licensed in New York State. Uh, marriage and Family Therapists were like one of three states who didn't license MFTs. And so I moved to DC to work for the feds. And then when I came back to New York and came to the New York field office, we were licensed, but I was already working for the government. So I opened my practice as a part-time practice. And so what I do is um, I work with other therapists. I hire other therapists who are black, indigenous, people of color. Um, and that's intentional. Love it. Um, when I opened my practice 10 years ago, in 2013, so we're 10 years old, Brooklyn and Matthew. Oh, um, just clap for the 10. I love the, I love the number 10. Here's six stars. It's been a good year so far. Um, so I'm about making it 10 years. Uh, when I started the practice, there weren't a lot of black female therapists, and there weren't a lot of people of color who were accessing therapists. You know, we know now post pandemic, people are really into uh, taking care of their mental health. But before, there really weren't people that look like them in the field that they could seek out. And so even though I was only doing it part time, I wanted to be that person. And so I opened the practice in Park Slope, but most of my clients came from Central Brooklyn. Um, and so when I started expanding, uh, my first hire was um, a very smart, intelligent Dominican bilingual, <laughs> Eileen, shout out to Eileen. She's phenomenal, fantastic. So she was able to really bring in an additional demographic. And now I have um, a Hispanic, Latino, Spanish speaking, unicorn male therapist who Ooh. works for me, Ooh. Eric. Um, so between the three of us, uh, we really work to make therapy accessible to everyone. And so we see individuals, couples, and families. So that's Brooklyn. Man. Yeah. 
love it. Love it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're able to, you know, expand on that yeah. for anyone tuned in. Uh, Brooklyn MFT, check them out. <laughs> um, so what, uh, let's go, let's segue to what have been your biggest challenges when it's come to the sport of running? I think uh, the biggest challenge is making the time, right? Um, making a commitment to uh, finding time to train the way that I want to train. Um, the six star was never really um, a goal of mine. I didn't really know what it was at the time. Um, when I started, it was just, I think it started, um, what, 2016, maybe something like that, when they first started our program. So it was still kind of new. Right. Um, you know, New York City is a drug, right? <laughs> Once you run New York City, you're like, what are these other things, you know, in Chicago? Yeah. Um, and the next thing you know, you're like halfway there. And so um, I think for me, it was just like, let me just go ahead and, and see what I can do. And so um, when the BQ came into the conversation, uh, <laughs> like, okay, maybe possibly, you know, I'm kind of close. I could probably do this if I trained. So the hardest part for me has been finding the time to train um, with an intention of, you know, getting getting faster and getting better and, and getting more efficient. So that's been the hardest part. Um, but the community has made me forget sometimes how hard this shit really is, you know? Um, but yeah. Man, so um, since we, we magically mentioned Six Star, for those of you tuned in, um you did just receive your six star medal this year so let's clap it up for that um let's 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 stay on six star for a second so new york city was your first marathon when it came to getting your six star medal chicago oh chicago and how was that how was chicago when you first ran chicago so funny story i ran chicago i was registered for new york and I put my name in the lottery for Chicago and I got chosen. Um, and I wanted to, so I wanted my first marathon to not be in New York because I didn't know how much I was gonna react to a marathon. <laughs> and so, and you know, I know everybody in New York. So I was like, wait a minute, I don't know if I want to witness the first marathon. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't even think of that. That's a clever. Uh... See, they're not gonna see it out here. Uh, so my first marathon was the LA marathon in 2016. Um, and that was like the hottest marathon on record. They had the Olympic trials there that, that year it was on Valentine's wow. day. Uh, it was like the hottest day in, in LA ever for that marathon. And then it was the coldest yeah. day in the city uh, uh, that year, uh, which was really weird, but I ran LA and then I got into Chicago. So New York city 2016 was my second world major and my third marathon. <laughs> Wow, that is. And then from there, the journey just begun. Yeah. 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 The journey began. Um, I started chasing the BQ. Um, and when I was chasing the BQs, I just started getting all these marathons under my belt. So I've run um, 21 marathons. Um, I've run New York City every year since 2016, of course, mm -hmm. except for 20. Um, and so people are like, why are you running all these marathons? I'm like, I don't know, but I do know. It's because I was chasing the BQ. Um, so I would run different races, trying to figure out the best way to get to what I needed. And for me and my, and my age, um, it is a sub 350. Um, so that's what I was chasing. And so I was running uh, different races, uh, different combinations to get me there. Now, with uh, uh since we're talking bq quest with the with the boston qualifier quest in the beginning did you feel that all right i can do this alone in terms of like i don't need a coach i got this i'll, I'll tap into the community mm -hmm. uh, i'll tap into people i've met and then i'll do it myself or did you just eventually say listen let me go find a coach and let's figure this thing out yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's a little bit of both. So um, in 2018, I did Project Moonshot with Nike. And uh, that was my first opportunity to really see my times go down. And 2019 was like 
the best year of running so far today because i'm sure i have some better in the future um and so i was on fire in 2019 and that was also a moonshot year um and so it wasn't a private coach but it was through an organized program with great pacers and training and structure um, and i really think that that helped running with the community helped running with people that were around my pace but everyone was you know trying to hit a particular goal i think the community really helped uh me get better um but once i started hovering around that uh 350 mark and kept hitting it and missing it and all of um i did decide to work uh with a coach one-on-one just to kind of tweak some things um and so i engaged with a coach after the pandemic uh 2020 um, and then also for last season, 20, I'm getting the years confused, 2020, um, I worked yeah. with, um, and this year I'm not working one-on-one with a coach, uh, but I am following right now the Brooklyn Track Club plan. I'll be running with No Name as well this year um, with coffees. And um, we'll see, I have a couple of gentlemen from Black Men Run who have allowed me okay. to hop in with them. So Angelo, oh. And excuse me oh <laughs> training for chicago so um they've been dragging me along for the tempo runs um they're fast they're fast but you know i like chasing fast um so we're training to target like a 345 in chicago we'll see i've never sub for chicago so this is a challenge um so Ooh. trying to figure out the right mix of training and support i think is really what i try to do with each cycle wow so um for those watching say a prayer or two this could be it this year y'all <laughs> this this could be it um man so uh since we're still on the six star topic someone did send um the question in about you know once you get one of these i got like the the, the pin on right now <laughs> get one of those uh, I- I got you. We'll we'll work something out. I got a couple of them. We'll work something out. You know, I take care of my people. Y'all heard it here, right? Everybody here, they heard that. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so someone asked, when you have achieved the top and hardest earning medal, which is a six star behind you, is it hard to set new goals? Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Um, I was so, I spent so many years trying to get to Boston, right? That I was like laser focused toward that. Um, that once it happened, um, it was surreal. Like it happened really, really quickly, right? Um, I, and for those of you who don't know, I received a bib uh, three weeks before the race for Boston. And um, I went back and forth about whether or not I was going to run it. Number one, I just ran Tokyo, and Tokyo is a flat race, and Boston is not. Um, so I wasn't sure how prepared I was. But then also, you know, I'm a believer in, in God and opportunities. And if uh, He presents you with an opportunity, you accept it and do the best that you can. Amen. So, so you know, I said please and thank you, and took that damn bib and ran the best <laughs> I could, <in> Boston. Um, <laughs> So afterwards, I was like, damn, you know, what do I do now? Right. Um, I still am chasing the BQ. So I am five seconds off the Boston qualifier, which is so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so that's always a goal. But also when uh, Abbott sent me my certificate, you got that certificate, Les, that tells you oh, like, I got it. races that you've run and the fastest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. When I looked at that list, I looked and I saw, I said, oh, so of all the races, there's only two that I haven't sub four, which is Chicago and Boston. So now that's my new goal to sub four Chicago and Boston. So I'm hoping maybe if I can BQ in Chicago, then I can get back to Boston and try to sub four. So I think to answer the question, you know, once you've had such a a long-term goal and achieved it, it is hard to figure out how to challenge yourself in a different way. Um, and so I just look around for opportunities to grow and that's an opportunity to grow. I don't know if I'm gonna do all six again, uh, but I would love to do um, all four of them under, I mean, all six of them under four hours, so. I like that, I like that for you. That's a that's such a, a special goal. I love that, that's dope, man. You got me thinking now. 
I mean, you know, let me you know, let me let me choose what I put into the universe because you know these days you put it out there. <laughs> Five are forever, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we are gonna continue on this beautiful topic of running, but we're gonna pause and do a this or that. So you can only pick one, Cheryl. Okay. Five okay. K or ten K? Five K. A half marathon or a full? I love a good half marathon. Okay. Heli or flat? Rolling hills? That's not an option. <laughs> That's not an option. Just hilly or flat? <laughs> if I had to choose, I'd say flat. Okay. Music or no music? Music all, all the time. The <laughs> more ratchet, the better. <laughs> um, winter running or summer running? <sighs> all weather running. Um, but if you choose, I I like, I don't, I don't mind the winter. I don't mind the winter. Uh, I like to layer, so I don't mind the winter. Summer oh. is a present. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, out and back or a loop of a course? Loop of a course. No out and backs. <laughs> you don't do the out and backs? See it again. Once I've seen it, I've seen it. I don't want to see it again. It's good. <laughs> running in the snow or running in the rain? I ran in the rain this morning, so we'll we'll go with the rain. You'll go with the rain. <laughs> All right, so we're continuing, but before we continue, I want to make sure I get people's questions in. Someone asked, "Is it difficult to wake up and say I'm a bad bitch?" <laughs> Absolutely not. I say it multiple <laughs> day. I'm that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm giving the people what they want. <laughs> I don't say it. Who else is going to say it for me? <laughs> hey, talk about it. All right. So we're going to segue into a, a mindset question. Do you meditate when you run? No, no, I'm not meditating. You're not meditating? You're just running? I'm listening to ratchet shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, we'll get into We'll get into that. Yeah. Um, no meditation. <laughs> how do you train your mind to go out each and every day? Because you're an early riser. Mm. Um, that's a good question. It's just part of what I do. It's part of my routine. And so I've gotten to the point now where if I don't do it, it throws me off. Um, and so for me, it is just part of my day. Um, it's ingrained. Okay. All right. You can't start your day without a run. I hear you. All right. So, um, this was, do you listen to music on the run? But clearly you do. Yes. As you just stated. So what are we listening to? Are we listening to music? Are we listening to podcasts? What are we blasting on our, what were you listening to in the rain this morning? Uh, uh, so I was listening to my Burna Boy uh, playlist okay. this morning. Um, I'm a fan of the Afro beats and uh, Afro beat yeah, movement. Yeah, I'm, I'm part of the movement. It just went <laughs> um, and it's really good cadence to run to. Um, and so Right now it's Afrobeats. I do have a long marathon playlist that probably has about 900 songs on it. Um, but it's mostly um, hip hop from the 90s on through. Um, a lot of ratchet stuff on there. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it's just a lot of music that people sometimes are surprised that I listen to for some reason. Um, really? You know, I mean. They must, they must not know, Cheryl. They must it, not know. This is why I run in Central Brooklyn, because, you know, when I run in the hood, they all know what I'm listening yeah. to. But when I, <laughs> you know, some of it I might have to turn down a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I hear you. Um, so let's say you had a, a favorite artist that you just had to keep listening to over and over. Who would that favorite artist be on a run? <laughs> Hmm. I don't know. I don't know who my favorite. I like Rick Ross. Um, I like okay. the cadence. Tupac is a is a recurring theme on the list. Jay Z, of course, is a recurring theme. Yeah. Um, I, I heard they got that Brooklyn. Uh, what's the name of him? That's been all over my social media. Oh, yeah, at the Brooklyn uh, Public yeah. Library. Yeah. The Brooklyn, yeah. Yeah. 
um, and a lot of biggie, like, you know, um, so it's not necessarily a particular artist, but it's, you know, it's the cadence, it's the, it's the beats, it's, you know, aggressive artist. Let me just say that. Aggressive. That's, that's what it is. Aggressive. <laughs> Love it, love it. Um, so we're we're gonna tap back into running for a little bit. Um, the New York City urban running community. Um, when do you feel it boomed? It blossomed. It was like boom. I think the best years were eighteen and nineteen. Um, I think it was really um, an interesting time, a special time, <clears throat> and it was really starting to grow between I think 18 and 19. I think we were about to hit a peak in 2020 and then the pandemic kind of, you know, put Humbled it down. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think what happened during the pandemic is everyone who wasn't running had no choice but to run because all the gyms were closed. And so we saw a increase in the number of groups and crews now, right? So post pandemic, yeah. you know, there's so many different groups, running groups, like I can't keep track of them all. Um, and I think it's a great thing for the for the community. I think it's a great thing for the movement. Um, but it's hard to keep up with everything. Um, and so I think like 18 and 19, uh, it was a little easier to keep up with folks and have an idea of where people were. But you know, with with life comes change and adjustment and all the new groups are, are really great. And the new people that are coming into the community are exciting and bringing you know, different challenges to how we engage in the community. So it's good, but I, I think it was, I think it peaked in like 18 and 19. And now it's just, it's a shift. We've shifted post pandemic, like the whole world has shifted. Wow. So this, um, this actually leads me into what is running sisters social club? I heard they are like brand spanking new, or I heard it's been an idea for a while but now it's, I'm just going to do it and I don't care who pulls up and I'm loving this. I'm connecting with my people. So yeah. what is running sisters social club? Thank you for asking. Um, so the running sisters social club has been an idea of mine for a very long time. Um, and really where it came from, if you think about everything that we went through in, in 2020, around you know uh the george floyd um protest and you know we had our running to protest work that we were doing and the community really came together in i mean the running community really showed up in 2020. Uh, but one of the things that i still felt as a black female runner in new york city was that um there wasn't a space for black identifying women and i say black identifying women because you know um who am I to say if somebody is black or not, right? Who am I to say that? Um, and right. people, however they want to identify. Um, but people who do identify as black women, whether that's Caribbean, whether that's Afro-Latina, whether that's African, uh, whether it's African-American, whatever the label is, right? We, we yeah. identify as black women runners. And one of the things that I noticed was that we are at so many different paces and um, abilities, right? Uh, historically, black women excelled in track and field, but that space of like marathoning, not so much, right? Um, and so a lot of us joined this community a little bit later in life. Like many of us were not on the cross country teams in high right. school and, you know, a lot a lot of uh, marathoners are like reform sprinters. You know? <laughs> uh, and so for us, I, I just found that in many of the groups, I was like one of a few black women in the group. I run a Brooklyn Track Club, you know, so I'm one of the few of many in Brooklyn Track Club. Uh, but I love the club that I run with. And I would see other black women running, but they might be a little too fast for me and unattainable or they may be running behind me and I haven't had an opportunity to see who they are. Um, so Erica Stanley and I um, got together, Stanley Dot. And- um, Stanley Dot. <laughs> yes, respect to the husband. Um, 
we got together and said, hey, let's do this. Um, it's important for us to bring black women together. And I think it's important for us to, as women who are at different ability levels, as we all know, uh, Erica is a sub three hour marathoner, right? Trying oh, to get spicy. Spicy, spicy, right? Uh, but she and I are the same age. Um, and so Erica and I actually met outside of running um, and someone was like, you guys don't know each other? Like the person who introduced us, Lindsay, yeah. my one twin. Um, she said, you don't know Erica? I said, no, I don't know who she is. And uh, I don't know who she is because she's about an hour faster than me. So, <laughs> so we met socially um, and great friends. We live not too far from each other in Brooklyn, but we just won't run together. We won't train together because it just doesn't make sense, but we still want to get to know each other. And we find that with other people. And so that's what we've done with the Running Sister Social Club. We intentionally are not creating another run club uh, because women are running with who they want to run with for whatever their goals are, whatever it is that they're looking to accomplish. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but we want to create a space where women can come together, black women in particular, and just get to know each yes. other, social level, network with one another. Um, you know, we had our second or our third meetup event uh, yesterday, actually in Prospect Park and Tanisha who runs with Lean Strong Fast. Um, yeah, she sat down the sisters to teach them spades, like, you know, I mean, oh. if it's just a social club and nobody knows how to play space, that's a problem for the culture, right? So that's those, a big problem. Isn't that a problem for the culture? So she said, <laughs> was like literally going through the, how you play space, sisters. Um, so it's just an example, you know, it's a fun example of how um, we come together and bond based on um, like experiences. So that's really what we're doing with the social club. Uh, so just for everyone who's listening, uh, we're not trying to exclude, but we are trying to create a space uh, for community within the community. Um, but you're still going to see the Running Sisters all over the city and all the run crews um, doing what we do uh, and spreading the love throughout the city. So I oh, man, I love that. that, that I love. I, I I truly love the state that you have created because, like you said, you know. At times, you may finish a race and may not see the person that either finished ahead of you or the person that's still running behind you. And um, for a lot, a lot of us, when we finish, you know, we grab something and then we just yeah. deuces, mm -hmm. take a photo. And then later on, if social media is your thing, you're like, oh, she ran it also? Who is that? You know? Exactly. You start... You, you start uh, people watching or people look for people on, um, was it Strava? Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, I ran with this person today. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't run her time, but who is this person? So um, that is phenomenal. And we love it here. The running community appreciates you for, for holding this space. <laughs> Thank you. We're excited. Okay. So um, there are, are like a plethora of run crews in the urban scene in New York City. Which up and coming exciting crew have you, I guess, has caught your eye and you like are you like, I gotta go check these people out? Yeah. Who's who's hot and bright? Like what what what's sparking curiosity in the running in the urban running scene right now that you're like, I'm gonna make the time to go check this crew out or a crew that you haven't visited in a long time. Yeah. Uh, I have to give a shout out to Jerry and Goldfinger. Um, I've been watching Jerry from afar um, and what he's building in, in Brooklyn. Uh, am I biased for Brooklyn? Maybe. Uh, but I love, <laughs> I love what you're doing in Brooklyn and in the neighborhood. Um, I was literally talking to a friend who was like, yeah, I was walking down Fulton Street and I saw this guy with these red dreads doing pull-ups on the, on the light pole. <laughs> and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, Jerry, right? Um, so I, I like what he's doing. I've noticed that his group has grown significantly. So shout out to him. Whenever I get a chance, I, I try to run over to the track at Boys and Girls and, and join them. Uh, so that's been great. Um, Queens has been on fire too, right? I oh, big Queens, oh, for sure. Been on fire. Um, Run Hustle Run is another group that I've been watching. Uh, one of my sorority sisters who actually pledged when she was in college, uh, Morgan, she runs with, 
with Run, Hustle, Run. And I was like, look at you running. Um, so I'm kind of <laughs> out there killing it. Uh, she ran the Brooklyn half with Run, Hustle, Run. Bad, aggressive, mad, fast time. So I'm proud of that. Uh, that's another great that's running. Um, Girls That Run up in the Bronx and uptown. Uh, that's another great group that's doing really great things. They just had a, an event um, at the Nike store on 68th Street um, this past Sunday, the girls that run. So that's a, that's another group um, that I've watched from afar and just love and support. Um, so there's so many, so many great groups that are, that are popping up, right? Um, and then right. arm groups that are just, you know, growing exponentially. Um, so yeah, those are just a few that just pop into my mind right now okay all right so we, we're gonna segue into some nutrition questions but before we do that uh let's do another this or that let's do um hmm nicks or nets nets <laughs> hey i'm just checking i'm just checking the temperature i know brooklyn is on they're too dead yeah um, the net the um Jay-Z. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I'm looking at the comments. Um, Nas or Jay-Z? I have to go with Nas. I love Jay. Ooh, big queens for the win. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a girl of a certain generation. Um, so, yeah, I got to go with Nas. Okay. All right. Um... Jets or Giants or Bills? <laughs> uh, Giants. And I'm okay. a Giants. You know, Eli Manning and I went to Ole Miss together. Uh, oh, was, really? Yeah, he was a freshman when I was a senior. Um, so he, oh, you wow. know, the Manning name after Peyton went to that other school in Tennessee. Um, nice. Big Giants fan. Wow. Okay. Um, BK Bridge. Manhattan Bridge or the Willie B? Manhattan. <laughs> Manhattan. Okay, okay. Um, Yankees or Mets? Yankees. <laughs> okay. Um, Biggie or Tupac? Oh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. It's Tupac. It's Tupac. I know. I know, but it's too bad. Okay. All right. Whitney Houston or Aretha? <sighs> These are not fair questions. Uh, I have to go with Aretha. I mean, come on. If, if it wasn't for Aretha, there'd be no Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk about it. All right. We'll come back to that. Um, so, nutrition. Yes. Cheryl, how do you fuel your body? What are you what are you eating? Are you all natural? Are you putting a whole bunch of junk in you? What are you doing? What do we how do we fuel for a run? I'm a black girl from Mississippi. So let me start there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not, not vegan, I'm not vegetarian, you know, as they say down south, we eat everything from the rooter to the tutor on the pig. Um so that's <laughs> from the from the rooter to the tutor on the pig. I'm yeah, just, you south, you you southern, southern. <laughs> you know, I always tell people they're just like you don't sound like you're from Mississippi. I said, stay around, just just stay around. <laughs> I may not sound like it, but I am. Um, so for me, nutrition has always been a challenge for me um, because I'm a person who loves bread. Like bread is my and carbs are like my thing, um, which is, as a runner. Uh, but you have to balance that. So I've been working on my nutrition. It's a continuous um, challenge for me. I worked with um, Tara, the play coach, who gave me like this nice little matrix to follow with the things that I should be having at each one of my meals. I have that on my refrigerator. And I try to follow it on a regular basis, not just when I'm training, um, but it's just basic. It's nothing um, that's rocket science, you know, balancing carbs, balancing protein, balancing fruits, uh, staying away from the sugars. Um, at this point, I don't, I don't drink anything that's not either water. I think the only thing that I drink with sugar in it might be orange juice and, you know, occasional, you know, uh, electrolyte 
fillers that you put into the water. Some of those have sugar in them. Um, but if I'm drinking sodas or anything like that, it's usually a special occasion. Uh, I try to limit um, alcohol as well because it's very caloric. Um, they're empty calories and they just don't work well for me. Um, just based on my body type, you know, I try to eliminate things that are just going to add bulk onto me. Um, I'm already a nice thick girl. Um, so <laughs> mindful of that when you're thinking about performance. So I'm not um, tied to any particular diet. Um, Dr. Angela Daly from BMR mm -hmm. for Tokyo did have me on the uh, intermittent fasting. Um, and so I was that I was doing the 16-8 and I started 14-10 and 16-8. I'm trying to get back on, actually enjoyed doing that. Um, so that was helpful. Um, but yeah, and then I take a mix of different supplements, um, try to have protein um, uh, drinks on, you know, at least once or twice a week after hard workouts. Um, so I would just say my approach to nutrition is just being mindful and smart, um, but not rigid. You know, love it, love it. Too. You know, I like to eat. So, <laughs> running can't be something that I dread doing. Or training for a marathon can't be something that feels so restrictive that I'm miserable. Uh, but I am mindful and and trying to be responsible. Oh, love it, man! Chicago, get ready because she says she's coming to eat everything. <laughs> yes. Um. So this is actually good. Uh. So what's your uh? Let's do post run meal. What are we eating after a run? Like after a marathon, what do you, what do you, what do you challenge down on? After a marathon, I want brunch. I don't care what time of day it is. And <laughs> I want French toast, the thick French toast. <laughs> okay. Um, I want bacon, extra crispy. Heard you. Um, eggs, scrambled eggs. And <laughs> I want a cocktail, something fruity. Uh, with alcohol in it. So that's my post-marathon meal, regardless of the time that the race ends. Um, for some reason, I always just want brunch, breakfast foods. <laughs> um, what's your pre-meal? Pre what are you eating before a race? Uh, before a marathon? Yeah. yeah. Uh, usually the night before I'm doing pasta. So um, like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that person doing the pasta. Um, but right before a marathon, I usually am having a bagel with peanut butter and banana. Uh, so I usually do that if it's, you know, New York City is a little bit different because you have to like time out like three or four hours. Um, but I try to do that as my meal because I can't eat a lot of heavy stuff um, um, before a race. So I do that the night before. I'm a Martin girl, so I'll do the 320. Yeah, 320. Yeah, the mix. Yeah, the mix before I go to bed. Then I'll get up in the morning, eat breakfast, and then I'll do, um, <clears throat> depending on how I'm feeling, I might do a, a 160 or another 320 an hour before the race. And then I use Martin gels throughout the race every, I usually go every 40 minutes or so for another gel. So I go by time versus distance on how distance. I feel. Oh, nice. mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, so with this new, I guess, training cycle that you're in, I'm guessing it's a 16-week cycle for Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Um, how are you disciplining yourself to eat healthy throughout the cycle? You know, um, the training is doing it for me. So um, the training plan that I have, shout out to Coach Ned uh, Trim from Brooklyn Track Club, is very aggressive. Um, and so he has us doing some wild shit, which is fine. I have goals, uh, but also I've noticed that if I'm not eating right, I can't execute the plan. Um, so that's what keeps me disciplined because I really, um, I don't like not succeeding in the training. I try not to be too rigid with it, but I like to be proud of whatever it is I did, even if I didn't hit, you know, whatever targeted paces I had. Usually for me, tempo runs are very, very difficult. The track tends right. to be much easier for me uh, because it, you know, the momentum and the folks just pull me along. Um, but I am starting to notice that certain workouts require certain types of meals the day before, the night before, um, the morning of. And so that's what disciplines me. Just knowing that if I eat chicken, 
Ron will probably be shitty. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't want this person to jump on me because they know me personally. Sandra, I saw ask, uh, how, how does running uh, help with your therapy practice, vice versa? I don't want her to go when she sees me next time because I know we kind of touched on it earlier. Um, that's a good question. I think it's it's similar. You know, it's um, I hear a lot of stories uh, from people, and uh, that's my job to listen. And a lot. <laughs> listen. I hear a lot of things. Um, and sometimes you hear a lot of things that are, are really heavy. Uh, people are really going through some difficult times. And during the pandemic, it was it was a lot of heavy things. Like, I think that was part of the reason why I had some of the issues I had um, during the pandemic. So I think during 2020, it was just a lot of people going through a lot of difficult times, right? right. Uh, so for me, just listening to people's story, there was a lot of death happening, especially in, in, in central Brooklyn, if you remember. Um, the pandemic was yeah. really you know, black and brown people. Yeah, um, and people sure. Were, people were dealing with a lot, a lot of death in their family. And so I think for me, running was important just to keep me clear. Um, and so when you ask me if I meditate during running, I really don't. It, it's just an opportunity to not think about things, not to even center myself, just to kind of go in a different place. And I enjoy the music. I enjoy just kind of feeling like I'm doing something for me. Um, and so that's how it's really helped me with my practice. Um, I wasn't taking time to disconnect uh, from all the things I've done. Uh, and so running just gives me an opportunity to disconnect. I see Sandra just joined, so she missed my answer, but <laughs> I'll tell her later. It's okay. She'll, she'll, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll send her the lovely audio of this when it's done. <laughs> I'll I'll make sure it's personalized. Right. So um, awesome, awesome. So um, we touched upon. Let's see, what else do I have on here? We're getting towards the end, Josh. Stay with us. Um. Okay. So, what's one piece of advice you like to give someone that's currently watching that actually wants to start running? Some of your followers that don't run, or whoever that's tuned in, what's one piece of advice that? you can give them if they wanted to jump onto this journey? There's no set definition of a runner, right? So I think a lot of times people don't run because they think they're not runners and they think that there's some type of stereotype about what a runner is, what a runner looks like, um, what a runner should do or how, how are you determined to be a runner. Um, if you get out there and you, and you run, then you're a runner. If you get out and you do it once a week, you're a runner. If you do it once a month, you're a runner. Um, so there's no set criteria for it. So if it's something that you're interested in doing, even if you go out there and do walk-run intervals, you're still running. Um, so if you're putting your foot in front of the other, um, you're considered a runner, um, make it your own. Allow it to be what it needs to be for you and not what you think um, you've seen it be for other people, right? Um, so what it does for me may not be what it does for someone who's starting out. Um, I think it can be very intimidating to enter oh, yeah. into the space now, um, especially now because there's so many people really killing it out here. Um, and I've seen a lot of them on this live. Uh, these folks are really killing it. Um, and so while it's great to watch, if there's a new person trying to enter the space, it can feel a little intimidating. So I would just say, Take the definition of whatever you think a runner is and define it for yourself. Love it. I know. I think I, uh, lately a lot of people have been asking me that, and I've been telling them the whole comparison is a thief of joy thing at times you're running. Because, you know, they, uh, they're like first like some Strava. They see you running like a 14-minute pace. They're like, oh, my God, are you injured? I'm like, injured? I decided to chill today. Like, <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> Right? That's Strava, boy. It's worth it. Oh, like, man, what? these days I don't even upload runs. You know, I'm on my six-star wave. I don't even upload the runs no more. Go look at the stat. Go look at my old stats, baby. Go, <laughs> Go check the numbers. I put the numbers up already. I done did that already. 
Uh, awesome, awesome. Oh, so what do you hope to leave on running? And uh, overall, like, what do you hope to leave on the sport of running? Um, I know you are involved in um, uh, Brooklyn Track Club's chair. Um, you have so much going on, obviously, with Running Sister Social Club. Uh, what do you leave, what do you hope to leave on the sport of running? Ooh, what a great question. Um, I just want to show up as an authentic person. Um, I want to show people that they can enter the space regardless of what they look like or what their abilities are um, and find something that works for them. Um, I want the space to be accessible to everyone. Um, I think when you have the urban, and I put urban in quotes, right? Because different people consider urban different things. Um, oh, yeah. You know, we experienced that in Boston this year, but I digress. Um, I think when it comes to this urban influx of runners who look like the communities that host all these major races, right? Because let's keep it real, they're in major cities um, that yeah. I buy black and brown people, um, it's important that we um, are visible, that our visibility increases, um, that we're able to just be in the space, um, just like we're trying to be in any other space, right? Whether it's running, whether it's um, the workplace, whether it's uh, our neighborhoods. Uh, many of us are in gentrifying neighborhoods and feel like, you know, we're, we're made to feel like strangers in our own communities. Um, so the legacy that I want to leave is just that I'm visible and I'm not trying to represent anyone, but I'm just trying to create space um, and be a conscious for people. So uh, with Brooklyn Track Club, we have an opportunity to do that because we have almost 800 members. It's a lot of people, right? Um, yeah. And how do you um, remind people that come from so many different backgrounds that we're one community um, and that you are a reflection of your community um, and how you treat each other is how you show up in the world. Um, and so I just hope to be an example of that. Um, I'm not the only one. There's so many of us out there that are doing it. Um, but if people think about Cheryl, Black Girl Runs, or you know whatever they want to call me, um, I hope they think about that. Man, I love it, love it, love it. Man, this has been phenomenal. Yeah. We gotta we, we should do this all the time. Well <laughs> do not disturb next time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um well to come to a close, what is your go to mantra or or verse or something that you either recite daily or you just go to from time to time that just stays special to you? Oh, uh, one of my favorite ones is I can't teach you my swag, even though I know I said, I said Nas and not Jay-Z, uh, but I can't, <laughs> you know, um, and what you eat doesn't make me shit. Um, so those are my two favorite ones. And okay. about what you eat doesn't make me shit just really is kind of going back to what I said about people who want to enter the space of running, right? What yeah. less needs for Les's body to get Les's body to perform is not what Cheryl needs to do to get her body to perform and for her to show Amen. up. So what you're doing, you know, is your business. I respect it. Uh, but whatever you do doesn't impact me. Um, and what I do should not impact you. And if I realize that, um, then I can show my authentic self. So what you eat don't make, make me shit, Les. Man, listen, I love, I love this mantra. This is, this is it. I'm, I'm adding it to my book of mantras. Yeah. Uh, man, this has been phenomenal. Um, I already heard what your new quest is. Thanks to Abbott and the certificate, you're basically trying to sub for all the world majors. Yep. Now, universe and people tuned in, this doesn't mean she's doing all six again. Yep. This just means she's picking just two that she needs to get uh uh under sub for hours yes um this has been truly phenomenal so um even though you know technology want to be you know extra today um yes. i am super 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 proud and happy that you 
have attained your six star medal and uh sending you nothing but glory and blessings during this bq quest that's coming up you know we're speaking it into existence it is gonna happen chicago uh i, I might I, listen, I might have to make an appearance in Chicago because there's a lot of there's a lot going on in Chicago this October. <laughs> a lot of magical moments. There's a lot happening. Um, yeah. So, um, but thank you for your time. Uh, sending lots of love uh, for people that tuned in and stayed with us. Thank you, uh, Running Sister Social Club. If you haven't heard, pull up on them. If you're ever at a race and you're like, I, I, I want to talk to that girl. She's so super fat. You could just meet her at the Running Sisters Social Club, right? That's right. Or if you see someone that you just, you know, been trying to get to know more, uh, more, just talk to in terms of outside of running, because, you know, it's bigger than running. And I think a lot of times um, we don't, don't always have to specifically meet just to talk about running. We can talk about so many other things. You know, because I know you be traveling, girl. Yeah. I know you be out here. I be you out. Know, I still, I when I when I'm ready to go to Singapore, I know who to hit up. See, let me tell you. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> people that got into their Tokyo charities. Uh, that's going to be a great yes. trip, folks. Yeah, congratulations to them. Unless I have to say congratulations to you as well for the six star. Thank you. I Thank know you. the level of enthusiasm that you have displayed. I really think demonstrates how big of a deal the six star is. Oh, I feel like I big. I didn't do it enough justice. I'm like, yo, less is oh, oh oh we're not done celebrating. We still celebrating. We we're not done. There's more to come. Oh, we celebrate forever. There, there is more to come because just like me and you, our names are engraved. Um what, what's the next major? Berlin? Berlin. Our names are going to be on that wall, oh. engraved. Okay. Yeah. So okay. for people tuning in in Berlin, take a photo of us. Tag us. Do a, do a selfie. Tag us. We're in, in history. Um, this is a, a generational thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's special. We got this done. So uh, thank you for your time, Abby. Cheryl. And I, I will catch you for some miles soon. Anytime, Les. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Oh, shout me out. <laughs> uh, of course, of course. All right, y'all. Have a good one. Later, y'all. See you later. All right.